Hello and welcome to a DD channel where we will be playing God Mode. Uh, in this episode, we will not be playing live play Dungeons and Dragons, but we will be building characters to play Dungeons and Dragons, including the world, the plot, villain, and just a general overview. Do you play DD? Do you like building worlds? Do you build plots a lot, but you can't talk to girls? Well then join us, you hobgoblin, as we take you down a road of an adventurous style that we call God Mode on a D&D channel. Hello, and welcome to a D&D channel where I'm starting to lose my voice and we're going to be making a character in a world with my co-star sitting across from me, Melina. Hello everyone. Uh, like Dominic said, we're going to make a character, a world, a plot, a villain, and everything you could possibly hope for in a creating a D&D world. And we're abiding by D&D 5th edition, or there's a new law that came out, so let's say D&D 5th edition inspired, because they're starting to crack down on content creators and making them pay money, and it's kind of weird and it scares me, so D&D 5th edition inspired. This is a homebrew D&D character. Yeah. But this one is going to be a cool little twist that I'm really excited about. So in this episode, we're going to be making a character who is a horror movie villain in the town. So this character can't die unless they kill, unless the NPCs or whoever it's fighting is going to kill him in or her in a very specific way that the character has to design. We're basing this on a campaign that we're going to be playing in the future on our other channel called a D&D channel. And uh, it's going to be really fun. So, yeah, the, ca the character can't die unless you do something really specific, like stab him in the heart with a stake. And if they do die in any other way, like getting thrown off a cliff, then all they have to do is bury themselves or have one of their minions bury them and they'll come back alive. Yep. That's the, the fundamental. We're still going to work out a few knots, but that's the basics of it. So we're going to give it a test run today. Yeah, so we're going to make a fake little character this time and uh, start building a, a horror movie character. Cool. It's going to be fun. Excited. So, we normally start off with the planet that they yes. live on. Uh, the world. Oh, how about this? I got an idea. It's very RuneScape-esque. Ooh. So, imagine, see how RuneScape was mostly humans, but there's every now and then a goblin or something like that? There's like goblin villages, <clears throat> dwarven villages. Yes. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I imagine. Predominantly dominated by humans. Yeah. And the planet's going to be called Faerun. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's called Rune Fae. <laughs> With Lumbridge as the starting point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Ooh, that helped clear my voice out. So we got the overall planet condition, typical fantasy world uh we have with cool and cold and all the places above inhabitants of the planet we've got pretty pretty good humans and fantasy creatures alike we still have dragons it's just you know there's not dragons flying over all the time any major um wars going on currently mm. yeah there probably should be i'd say if i imagine wars i imagine the uh not like a very strategized war in this planet, but I imagine a, uh, what's the good way of putting it? Basically in Vikings, if you've seen Vikings, how the Jarls are fighting, it's like 
kingdom based, but it's not whole country based. It's just interclan. Yeah, tribal forces. For example, in RuneScape, the blue and red goblins within the village yes. are trying to decide on what color they'd like. Yes, that's exactly the kind of war is going on. Nothing insane that's going to change massive courses of history. The biggest thing that would happen is uh, maybe they get a new leader at one town and a few of the civilians are killed, but nothing okay, ground sweeping. Nothing threatening. Uh, and then the environment of the planet. So i.e. fish, animals, and viruses. I'd like to say that viruses can be rampant in this town because we're making a horror movie character. Uh, I would like the horror movie character to be able to instill viruses and diseases. Okay. So. Maybe a plague following about or two? I think nothing's hitting. I think there's a lot of plagues laying dormant. So this guy can, or girl, horror movie character, can place let's say a bunch of shit in the drinking water and he can give the entire uh village dysentery or something like that so there's a big possibility for viruses here bio warfare is on the table yes got it and then uh fish i always like to imagine overstocked rivers and lakes because that's <laughs> always fun so because it's a horror movie character i want all the pedestrians and civilians in the world to be living happy there's war so it's not perfect like tribal wars, but life is good. You know, life is good. There's all you have to do is get your kid, go fishing, and you'll catch a fucking cod. Okay. Like that kind of thing. So very easily, uh, deer. There's a lot of deer in the environment. Uh, the ecosystem is just fucking thriving. Stocked. Like Yellowstone. I like that. Stocked, filled with humans and dwarves and elves alike, mm -hmm. but also animals and fish. Yep. Makes sense. Not too many mosquitoes, though, somehow. Fuck those mosquitoes. Yeah, I don't care if it's a horror movie character or not. Fuck mosquitoes. But <laughs> plenty of platypus. <laughs> okay. There's a platypus in every country. There is. Even if it's cold. A village of platypus in every country. There is platypus people. There are platypi. <laughs> platypi. Octopuses. Okay, so. <clears throat> Up next. Where on the planet is our character going to be located? Uh, I.e. coolest place, a poor area, underground somewhere. Um, you know, a country that, uh, a part on the planet. Uh, I, I'd say just a typical one that's a spot located by a cold center. Uh, honestly, RuneScape area. Like he starts off, she starts off in, let's say, Lumbridge. Where they can make their way to a swamp behind. They can travel uh, quite a distance and get to a fishing village. I forget what it's called, the fishing village in RuneScape, but uh, they have the ability to. Okay. <clears throat> like, there's an ecosystem placed all around them. There's a tropical zone. There's, you know, uh, another uh, way to put it is a Red Dead Redemption 2. On Red Dead Redemption 2, it, it doesn't make sense, but you can literally travel for 45 minutes and you'll be in cold mountains, and then you can travel 45 minutes south and you'll be in, like, Everglades, Louisiana area. So, okay, so a pretty central spot in comparison to yes. everything else. So they start off in like a Lumbridge area that's like cool, but not too cold, but not too hot. Nothing really there to keep them. Yeah. Forces them to explore. Let's call it Bridgelum. All right, Bridgelum they, it is. They start off in Bridgelum. Uh, the government here, that's the next part. Should we make it... Uh, hmm. Well, Lumbridge, 
is, I believe, a monarch. They have a king. Yeah, they do have a king. Yeah, because you start off baking. Yep. So maybe we should do, uh, how about a monarch, but not a, like we said earlier, not an overpowered king. You know, it's just a, it's a king with authority, but the king's not. A king in title and slight power, but nothing too encompassing. Yeah. The people rule still. Like the the kings are held into a power struggle of they can't really dictate too much because in this world, the people actually have order. They could easily be overthrown. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a happy world. You know, it's a, Mm -hmm. if the fish are stocked, there's a heavy environment, then these people don't really have much to fuck with. So, so food isn't scarce. So the kings don't have too much leverage over these people. Fair enough. <clears throat> I like this idea. <laughs> we yeah. should make more happy villages. <laughs> nah. My brain always thinks of like some child starving on the road that needs bread, and that's like the kingdoms. Well, hear me out. I feel like that's what majority <clears throat> of like cities and kingdoms actually were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our brain only knows what we know. No. Yeah. Well, now we know how to make a happy village. <laughs> Okay, part three of the country, let's make the population. What's the population like in Bridgelum? Maybe a couple hundred people. A couple hundred? Like how many guards do you think, maybe? That's the thing. I wouldn't think there are too many guards. If Mm. the king is easily overthrown, there's nobody really there to heavily protect them. Yeah. So... So maybe the king has like... 10 personal guards and then maybe around 30 like city guards and maybe an army of 40 that's that's like a, a viking jarl setup so that's roughly about 70 guards and maybe 600 civilians i was thinking the general population like vikings um is the army ah okay there's no designated like army forces because oh, i mean it's at the stage that everyone is trained because yeah. they can't single out certain people but i believe some people are labeled warriors but on the show vikings there is floki who is a carpenter a boat maker but he's also a warrior so mm-hmm. yeah i think the civilians are more okay so mm-hmm. so maybe 600 people and just random amounts of guards and they maybe take shifts and playing guard duty and the king has like 10 personal guards that always are on guard duty okay because they can't be the king can't be too vulnerable yeah like the the civilians are happy but the king has to have some kind of guarding on him i think okay because other villages and stuff like that if they're at war and tribalism they still have to have protection okay heavily guarded king low guarded army how about that okay uh and that's pretty much it so bridgelum in a fantasy world uh where does our person live uh what's his personal area what's his housing situation does he live in a dirt mound or a skyscraper we're, we're making a horror movie character that's going to start off from a, a location so he could live in a swamp from right around the corner mm. And he's going to pull himself out of a swamp. A swamp person does sound quite nice. Yeah. Because in... in uh, I hate to quit, keep referencing RuneScape, but it's such a good idea for my brain, especially if the audience listening knows it, then 
they can be there with us. In in Lumbridge, if you go behind the castle area, uh, there's literally a swamp right there. Filled with rats. Yeah. It's perfect. And elm trees, I think, or oak. And a random jail cell that just <laughs> houses someone evil. Yeah. So, okay, I think we're going to go for a swamp hut for now. I like that idea. Like he just, this person is just in a, a raggedy swamp hut that's like shackled, you know, it's it's shit. Main source of food is rats. Yeah, maybe he's not a, a socialite. He never, people not do not know him. Completely makes sense for a villainous creature. Okay, so we have his personal area. How happy is he with this area? Is Does he even have happiness? Does he like his swamp hut? I mean, to a certain degree, I would assume they like their home. <clears throat> I guess this goes to a possible ambition of our character. Is do we want? Does the character want to be one day in a, the king's castle throne? You know, it's uh, this is a personal point of the character that we have to decide. So for right now, let's just say he's content. He he doesn't hate it. He's he's probably going to be a psychopathic killer. So a, a psycho is probably going to be just wishy-washy on his home he, he probably wants better someday but he's not hating where he's at right now my thoughts are if someone came along and destroyed his home oh he'd be pissed crestfall for sure but that would be more of a personal attack than I, I would think it's not because he loves his home but because you're disrespecting him uh, with that being said i think that pretty much covers his area um how about world building factors in bridge Lum itself uh, like, do we want to put in harsh environments, like high winds that hit the area, uh, a plot-heavy world, like nobody lives past 25? It's The plot-heavy world, I think, here is that everybody's really happy, and not much wrong goes on besides light tribalism. So for the character, maybe a driving force is that they are unhappy, and they see all of these happy people around them and mm. can't understand why. Yep, I like that. That's a driving force for the character, but let's put in... One harsh environment that hits Bridgelum uh, inconsistently. So every now and then maybe they get uh, a really high tide or something that really floods the swamp. Mm. And that's why it's swampy here. Like Louisiana. Yeah. So if, if a storm hits, this area gets ravaged. But mm. because it's so happy, they really build themselves up pretty well. Literally, their houses are all on what are they called not stilts but like stands you know the houses on the big wooden pillars yeah that we have on the beach oh that's kind of cool so the normal uh civilians in bridge lum they have stilted houses because every now and then just a massive storm kind of wipes through cool very cool i like that okay cool well that pretty much does the the character do we want to name the world or do we want to just say, you know, world, fantasy, earth, firth. I thought you already named it Rayfoon. Ray, oh, Rune, that's right. Runefay. Okay, so Runefay is done in the village of Bridgelum. <laughs> From the swamps of Bridgelum in the world of Runefay. There has to be an actual swamp name for the swamp in, in RuneScape. Maybe I should look it up real quick so we know. <laughs> Just... A quick Google of RuneScape map. Yeah. If people enjoy this podcast, I guarantee you this is going to really make them want to play RuneScape. It's making me want to play RuneScape. So. Yeah. 
Okay, where the fuck is Lumbridge in this map? Okay. Wow, these maps are horrible. Um, did you type in old school RuneScape by any chance? Is there's a new school? There is a new school RuneScape. What do you mean? There's a new RuneScape. Uh, really? Yeah. It's horribly animated. Oh god. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Did they fuck it up? I don't I mean, it looks fucked up. I don't know. I haven't played it though. It it might be awesome. There oh. it is down over to the right. I believe oh, Lumbridge. Okay, so there. Oh, Lumbridge Swamp. Okay. So Okay. <laughs> okay, so I looked at the map and it's just called Lumbridge Swamp. So we're actually on a good good note. So note. we'll continue with saying from the swamps of Bridgelum in the world of Runefay. Yeah. Sweet. And now we get to make the character. Woo! A horror movie character. Okay, so big first one. Do we want to make them a girl or a boy? Or, plot twist, transgender. <laughs> to what degree is it a girl or a boy? I don't know. So far we've made nothing but, but boys. Yeah. So we're going to go from make, making a boy. We we can't make a boy this time. We have to make a girl or some other kind of gender fluid-esque. Why don't we make a girl then? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, okay. It's a girl. Okay, so girl. What kind of evil? What's their alignment? Is um, Do we want to make them a lawful evil, chaotic evil, or just a neutral evil? I enjoy the thought of a chaotic evil. Mm -hmm. It seems more fun. Lawful evil, uh, it just seems so menacing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, chaotic seems more fun. Lawful seems more, like, controllable almost, or predictable. Yeah. But we always make chaotics. Do we? Uh, maybe not. I think the last few ones that we made have been... I think all of the last ones that we've made have been lawful. <laughs> have they really? Yeah. Okay, fuck it. We're making a chaotic then. Write down chaotic evil. And then up next is the race. Let's just give a quick alignment tell of what chaotic evil is for people who might not be truly versed into it. So chaotic evil is someone who has no respect for others their lives or anything but their own desires examples of lawful evil are the joker uh, packard from the office king joffrey from game of thrones hisoka from hunter x hunter they're people that just are fucking chaotic they do whatever the fuck they want they don't abide by anybody's rules except for their own so that's what we're kind of going to be basing our character off of all right so fuck joffrey Okay, so this one's going to be a tough one. Race. What do we want this person's race to be? Uh, we have an orc, human, elf, dwarf, halfling, tiefling, gnome, dragonborn, half-elf, aracocra, tabaxi, goliath, lizardfolk, hobgoblin, genesee, kenku, azomar, kobold, goblin, minotaur, triton, bugbear, freibolg, never heard of that one, and a centaur. We could roll a d20. <laughs> Are there 20? I don't know. Almost. 23. Well, maybe we should just pick one. Chaotic. Oh, okay. Sorry, you go on? I was going to say perhaps a reason that they are outcasted from the normal village area is because they are not human. Mm. They could be... Um, I have an idea. Mm? Uh, what if we put a standard here of unexpectation? So, hear me out. We make a small, cute halfling girl. 
and she's an evil bitch and like that's part of her role is she's super charismatic she lives in the swamp but underneath she's actually like a crazy psychotic like killing bitch okay but we don't need to make it just a halfling halfling is the one that speaks out the most to me um a lizard folk would i don't see a lizard folk being cute but a lizard folk makes sense if it comes from the swamp for sure a hobgoblin sounds nice yeah a dwarf actually would be cool too though like a killer dwarf you don't think of dwarfs being evil too much no like hardly at all yeah they're very hardy and like lawful so very like maybe a, a psychotic dwarf would be a cool idea but also an orc orcs you can think of as being evil that would be an interesting one it would be a fitting one for like this powerful killer to come through but it's too played out to be an orc i think definitely do something that's not played out a dragonborn is pretty good it is pretty cool a dragonborn in from the swamp it could be like a swamp dragon like it could be some kind of mossy hmm. dragon i just like to be able to relate to these creatures mm-hmm. you know i want our creature to be able to fit in and not struggle too much because it's a serial killer horror movie character i don't want i want them to be able to have a blend in factor instead of the stand out like mm-hmm. kill the beast factor well to blend in it must be a human or an elf. Maybe. I, unless halflings are pretty un, non-unusual here. Yeah. Like maybe halflings take up like 7% of the population. Okay. You know, like a, a race, a minority in America. That's very true. A, a, a mixed racial village is definitely common. Well, a halfling is a small humanoid race, very similar to humans, but half the size. They value peace and loyalty to their friends. <laughs> that doesn't... I mean, okay, maybe that puts the kibosh on that one. Peace and loyalty to their friends. That definitely doesn't sound like this person. Unless they don't have any friends. And maybe that's that's why they're getting pissed, because they're... They're all alone. Hmm. Well, we haven't made a halfling yet. We have not made a halfling. Okay, I'm kind of leaning toward halfling now. All right, then. let's do a halfling. Sweet. Halfling it is. So now, up next, we have a halfling living in the world of Lumb- uh, uh, Runefay and Bridgelum Swamp. Jesus, sorry, that's a really hard <laughs> way to navigate. Now, we get to make the class. We have the choice of barbarian, bard, cleric, druid, fighter, monk, paladin, ranger, rogue, sorcerer, warlock, wizard, artificer, and blood hunter. Hold up. Age. Oh, shit. A halfling reaches adulthood at the age of 20 and generally lives in the middle of his or her second century. So they live to about 200. I'd like to say that they're 50 years old. So... Probably the mid-twenties of human ages, but so far they're disgruntled with life because they're surrounded by happiness, but no one is giving them time to be accepted. Like, this person's this person's socially incapable of getting along with people, and so she's blaming the world instead of herself. And her, her discontent is just building. Yeah, so the... So the more she spirals downward of non-social ability, the more she's going to hate humans because she's going to be more and more unaccepted. Most halflings are lawful good. 
Not this bitch. Not this one. Okay, height. Uh, half the height of humans, so. Halflings average about three feet. Okay, I'd say three feet sounds perfect. Um, eyes, skin, hair. Eyes, skin, hair. Uh, well, I want to make him a. I want to make this girl pretty and cute. So let's say green eyes, like very distinguishable eyes that like you, you look at and you're like, whoa, that's she's pretty. She's got cute eyes. <laughs> Alrighty. Hair. Hair. What goes good with with green eyes? That's the beauty of it. Every hair color goes good with green eyes. Hmm. What if we did something fantasy, like light blue hair? Eh. Eh. Blue so rarely occurs in nature. Yeah. So it just seems unnatural to me. Hmm. But maybe she dyes her hair. How about a noble-looking white blonde? Like a noble-esque feeling blonde that's so blonde. It's 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 just, almost white. It's almost well, she lives in the swamp. That doesn't matter. That's true. She could hail from from some uh, noble-esque line. Mm. Yeah, like maybe she was abandoned by nobles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's living in the swamp now, and that's where her 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 yeah mental illness is. <laughs> Poor soul. She struggles with abandonment issues. Okay, so blonde hair, like Lannister blonde. <laughs> is that a is that a true color now? <clears throat> Lannister blonde. Lannister blonde. Uh, I remember seeing distinguishable features. Let's hit a distinguishable feature after skin color. So, uh, skin color typically for halflings is it just white slash black slash Mexican? <laughs> it doesn't necessarily specify. Okay. Uh, well, let's say her skin is tan, like uh, Filipino tan, except. Mm, I, I want it. I want her to kind of have been adapted to a swamp a little bit. So I'm trying to find a way for her to be adapted to the swamp. So but it doesn't need to be evolutionarily wise on her body. Maybe it's just a, her clothing is swamp-esque. Yeah, you can definitely disguise yourself pretty easy with clothing camouflage. Okay, so tan skin. Sounds good. The skin of a person who's... Uh, well, if she's in a swamp, though, she might be white. Like, Albino. Yeah, like no sun at all. She might be that sickly-looking... There's sun in swamps. Go to the Everglades. What? Well, yeah, but I guess that depends on how you look at the swamp. I'm imagining a dark canopy swamp with no light coming through. Like mangroves overgrown yeah. over the top, so there's like no light. Like dark swamp with hard mist going through that you'd see a witch on a wooden raft you know flowing through okay like crocodiles following her like in princess and the frog yes how about your skin color your skin color is very tan but not overly tan it's like a natural like olive like a light olive it's almost tan again yeah (laughs) jesus christ i'm an idiot i'm sorry listeners all right light olive it is (laughs) like a a, a white Italian. <laughs> okay, and now distinguishable features. What about her 
is distinguishable from other halflings? Does she have just a phenomenal ass? Does she have like a, you know, if she wears a, a, a bikini, it's like, God damn. I would assume she probably wouldn't wear a bikini too often. Eh. She lives in a swamp. But maybe that's where she gets her olive skin color from is she's constantly tanning. <laughs> she's just constantly wearing a cloak and hood 24 7 and then when she takes it off it's like wha-bam yeah it's like holy shit who's this <laughs> advantage on charisma rolls so um fine body yeah in parentheses right uh fat ass but not like cellulite ass not that there's anything wrong with cellulite ass uh just how i picture this girl and uh c cups <laughs> so descriptive yeah isn't that what you're supposed to do and then right we didn't describe um going turtle peckers pecker <laughs> lightly toned abs and if you're not figuring this out i'm basically describing you melina <laughs> Because this is how I imagine a beautiful woman looking. Ridiculous, Don. <laughs> oh, man. If you'd like to, we can go back to the old episode and describe going turtle peckers wiener. We can base off of mine and say like two inches. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down fine body, tiggle biddies, junk in the trunk, abolitious. <laughs> Farts for days. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. So that's dis- distinguishable features. Uh, what are we doing for class? We're going to class now. Yep. Okay, so Monk sounds cool, but she is a killer. She's a, a bad person, so I don't know. That's a tough one. A rogue. A rogue would probably be a good one. Someone who is very sneaky. Like this, but this girl. Oh, I I know what it is, and you can disagree and agree with me, and we can keep going. But I think I know what would be the best one for her. Bard. She could come from a noble family that abandoned her in the swamp because of her mental illness, and they couldn't deal with her. And so she was trained with musical instruments. And now that she's out in the forest, she's going fucking crazy, and she does nothing but play the instrument and has magical abilities that have now untouched with it. And so she can seduce people. And really fuck with them bad. Hmm. Uh, it's, it sounds alluring, doesn't it? It does. This will be the second part that we've made. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Everything we've been making has been leading up to a decent bard character. You know, uh, if you were to... I don't think this girl would fit in a, a orc, a, a barbarian too much. No. If we were to justify any other ones, I think she could be a fighter. You know, she could be living in a swamp and fighting off dangerous creatures constantly. A halfling's bonus is a plus two in dexterity. Okay. Um, so to throw it back to the bard real quick, imagine her hatred for the societies have been growing because every time she sees adventurers come by, she will play her music and get them close. And then when they finally start to talk to her, they realize she's fucking nuts and they leave, thus fueling her hatred for people even more. Hmm. Okay. I'm making a good argument, aren't I not? Yeah, fair enough. But the other one would be she could be a fighter and she's constantly wrestling with crocodiles and shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Or you could do a wizard and she could be like a warlock or something like that that's just practicing magic. But then it starts to sound like she's a witch. And I don't really want to make a witch right now. Mm. An artificer, though. Artificer. I've never made an artificer. Me neither, but it could be pretty cool. I'm still leaning toward Bard. A magical musician whose main values typically fall into charisma. A musical warrior with enchanting charisma powers. Hmm. <laughs> Pretty cool. I'll let you decide. Yay or nay on using bard. It's okay if you say no. I'm not a personal fan of bards in general. Okay. So, like, it that's what makes it. But, like, you are. Uh-huh. I love bards. Yeah. Bards are one of my favorites. I'll probably never make a bard. You have to one day. Okay, let's put the kibosh on bard then. Let's do something else. How about... What's the... mm, I'm trying to think of like evil villains that sing. Yeah, there's not too many. Yeah. Which makes it pretty alluring to me. I can't even think of a single one that is like... An evil singer. I know that there are ones that like sing songs, like you know, in the Disney movies, all of the villains like sing a song. But I, I know one evil person that sings, and it's a weird callback to a movie. But Jennifer's Body. Yeah. Remember the people that sacrificed Megan Fox? Mm-hmm. They were the band that burnt down the bar. Well, they were yeah. singers. They were they were in a gnarly band, and they made sacrifices, and that's yeah. Yeah, to make their band go big. And I will say those were a cool. Oh, uh. The most evil band you know in the world. It's obvious. Big Time Rush. (laughs) (laughs) True. I'm fucking stupid. I'm sorry. (laughs) And in honor of BTR, let's make it a bard. Uh, Are you sure? You don't have to. No, that's fine. Okay. This can be my one and only bard that I've ever made. Cool. What's the instrument of choice? A flute? (laughs) A bone flute? A bone flute. A bone flute. Mm, that's pretty good. Or a, like a harp. She just drags around this like car-sized harp everywhere she goes. <laughs> no, flute. let's stick with flute for now until we, we can think of something cooler. Okay, okay so uh, that leads us to the next area, which is background. Hold up. Okay. There's a lot to write in for a class. Okay, okay. I don't know why, but I spell armor the European way. Armor. 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 I don't know why. You should spell it like more eel, and we'll just know what it means. <laughs> more. <laughs> when your moon hits the eye like a big pizza pie, that's a more eel. Da-da-da. I wish I had my ukulele. I'd make a song about more eels right now. Um, Three skills to have proficiency in. Oh, okay. Uh, Acrobatics, animal handling, arcana, athletics, deception, history, insight, intimidation, investigation, medicine, nature, perception, performance, persuasion, religion, sleight of hand, stealth, and survival. A bard halfling who is evil. A bard halfling who is evil. Okay, so two skills to be proficient in. What are they? All of them? Yeah, same all. Which ones can they be proficient in? All of them. Oh, all of them. Jesus Christ, I'm an idiot. You oh my god. Three. Okay, so I would think um perception or sorry, uh persuasion or deception. Hmm. Well, I don't think this person has had too many 
deception times. They've been living in the woods away from everybody. If anything, uh, the one that comes out to me might be survival or medicine because they've been fending on their own and licking their own wounds. Nature. Nature would probably be a good one, living in a swamp hut. Survival would probably be most applicable, though. Hmm. Yeah, probably survival. Uh, What about stealth? How about survival and stealth? Because my argument for that is living in the woods, being around dangerous animals. She's been stealthy as fuck, trying to make sure she's hidden and like stalking people that come through. That makes sense. Survival and stealth? Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. We get to choose one more. Three. Oh, shit. Uh, What do you think? I pick survival and stealth. Now you pick. Performance? Yeah, because she's playing the instrument all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. If she was trained in multiple instruments, which she should be. If she was trained in multiple instruments, which she should be. um, She has proficiency in three musical instruments. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, Well, I'm, I'm still going toward a noble background almost still. So... I imagine this girl was... I, I like the idea of the flute. Like, the flute might have been her personal instrument that she brought out with her. And then I like the idea of a harp because she's in a noble area and they probably taught her how to play the harp. And then what do you think for the third one? Maybe piano? Okay. I mean, I don't imagine a piano being in this whole area. but It wouldn't. <laughs> but... Uh, the traditional, like, noble-esque uh, musical instruments are, like, a piano, okay. um, a violin. Electric guitar. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do piano. But she could tell you, she just kind of looks at those instruments and is like, fuck that. <laughs> I want the flute. <laughs> I want the flute. The skin flute. Whoa. Whoa. All righty. Next, we are on to equipment. Equipment. Okay. <clears throat> she gets to choose between a rapier, a longsword, or any simple weapon. A rapier, a longsword, or any simple weapon. Well, I'm going to look at simple weapons. So for simple weapons, we have the choice between club, dagger, great club, hand axe, javelin, light hammer, mace, quarterstaff, sickle, spear, and for simple ranged weapons, crossbow, light, dart, shortboard, and sling. Shortbow. Shortboard. She's living in the forest as a bard. She gets a choice between any simple weapon. Ah. A rapier, a longsword, or any simple weapon. So a rapier speaks out to me already because she's noble. And they also work really well with halflings. That's kind of their go-to weapon. But the one that really gets my eye a little bit is a spear. Living in the jungle, in the swamp, she might be using a spear to get fish all the time. And that would go with like a survival feel. Very true. Okay, spear it is. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play Ark now. Yeah, uh, I'm mansplaining my way through this character. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't mansplained yet. You no, might get close. this is what mansplaining is, Mel, and I'm going to show you right now. Okay, go for it. That kind of was. <laughs> Anyways, she's giving me bug-eyed looks. Uh, what else does she need to pick from? Oh, leather armor. She gets a choice of armor. Does she get some right off the bat? Leather armor. Oh, she gets leather armor? Yes. Cool. Which like. is 11 plus dexterity mod. Can we homebrew it a little bit? Yeah, sure. 
Okay, so leather armor. She doesn't get just leather armor. She gets crocodile leather armor. I was going to say possum skin. I like possum skin more. (laughs) (laughs) So she has possum skin leather armor on. Possum skin armor. Moray eel. Moray eel armor? No, remember we had a code. Oh, moray. So possum skin moray eel armor. A spear is versatile what does that mean i can't remember what versatile means Uh, a versatile weapon is a weapon that can be used with one or two hands a damage value in parentheses appears with the property the damage when the weapon is used with two hands to make it a melee attack so when it's used versatile with two hands the spear is 1d8 uh oh and when it's one-handed it's not even a weapon. It's a it's a thrown weapon. So you don't get a they don't get a attack, melee attack with it with one weapon. They just get to throw it with one hand. Really? Yeah, because um I think what that means because if you look at oh no, battle axe is 1d10, but a battle axe is a two-handed, but the thing about it is it no, battle I don't know. I would think a spear 1d6 piercing as its normal damage no because it would say that oh it does say damage 1d6 piercing you're yeah. right so it's 1d6 piercing for one-handed okay i'm an idiot and then versatile 1d8 yep. okay cool throwing 26 that's a good weapon that we never really see too much of a spear a spear is pretty versatile you can throw it one-handed and two-handed that means you can have a shield with this thing that's pretty fucking good I might be a, sh- a fucking spear person in the future. Yeah, I might throw a spear on someone. It'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. Not, I mean, like, throw a spear on one of my characters. Yeah, like a dog or a cat in the street. I was thinking a child, preferably <laughs> under two years old. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's next? A diplomat's pack or an entertainer's pack? Ah, I feel toward diplomat. Okay. I don't, I don't know which one consists of what. No, I just get the feeling of each one. <laughs> <laughs> this person doesn't seem like an actual bard. She seems just like a noble that's trained. Like, she's not an entertainer at heart. She just likes to play. So I feel like her parents, whoever these nobles would have been, would have been trying to get her to be diplomatic and char- charismatic with people. Let me tell you what's in each. Diplomat, um, chest, Two cases for maps and scrolls, a set of fine clothes, a bottle of ink, an ink pen, a lamp, two flasks of oil, five sheets of paper, a vial perfume, sealing wax, and soap. Yep. That sounds like her. Because her parents were like, listen, whatever her name is, let's call her Llama. They're like, listen, Llama, you smell like shit. Take some soap. People don't like it when you smell bad. And they're like, we know you like music, so when you go to live in the swamp, here's some paper you can write down on. (laughs) <laughs> the one thing that has been instilled since noble birth is to wash yourself and remain literate. Yep. Llama hates washing herself. Llama hates it. She likes to smell like that like sour. Like a llama. Like that sour cream. You're fucking gross. She likes that cool ranch Doritos smell. You're gross. She likes that hot onion marinara sauce. A lute or any other musical instrument. No, she gets a flute. That rhymes with lute. Bone flute? Skin flute? Pickled flute? Bone flute. (laughs) Possum bone. Possum bone. Possum bone flute. So she even has an extra key. 
that when she blows on it, she has the vocal cords of a possum. So it goes. <gasps> what key would that be? Uh, that would be in the key of G. <laughs> I don't know. Here, let me look up possum noise and the audience can hear it. So every time she makes a noise. Okay, this is the common ringtail possum. Oh, this is a possum screech. So every time she hits this key, this is what it sounds like. Okay, so different idea. I really enjoyed that possum screech. <laughs> what if her flute was just in nothing but possum screech tones? So she made her flute to sound like, like. Dominic, I just thought of something. What if her musical instrument was a possum? <laughs> And it's, she plays it like bagpipes. Uh, <laughs> and she kind of just squeezes it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that... I don't know if that's even possible. I like the idea, but it might be too insane. <laughs> it might be too... Uh, can we, we will say that she tries to play animals as instruments, though, because she's fucked up. Okay. But let's say... Let's, let's keep it somewhat doable, though, to where she's not constantly doing animal handling checks with a fucking possum to play music. All right. Fair enough. Possum bone flute. Yeah. Can we, and so every, every one of the... Uh, so I think we're going to have to homebrew her spells and stuff like that because she has nothing but uh, screeches. So the magic that's going to be instilled with these screeches isn't going to be charismatic kind of... Uh, lovely sounds it would be terrifying you know so she's going to instill some kind of magical effect with these people when you hear (laughs) and they're going to be like what the fuck is going on alrighty it'll instill a fight or flight response Mm -hmm. and she knows how to play other normal instruments and she's good at it she just enjoys playing this fucking possum like this is her preference and it could also come into a flaw later on alrighty Alrighty. I hope the audience isn't like, no, 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 make her play a fucking possum for real. <laughs> hey, that can be up to them at she, a later point in time. She puts a finger inside the possum's ass and it's like, that's a key. <laughs> Alrighty. She also gets a dagger with her uh, bardic equipment. Okay. Fair enough. Which is 1d4. Everybody needs a dagger. Everybody. Did you know daggers can be thrown? Mm, I did not know that. Nor I. 20 to 60 feet. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I mean, that's its. Yeah, whatever. Could you imagine hurling a dagger 60 feet? <laughs> it sounds like a pretty good throw. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, reading down the bard list, spell casting. Okay, I already know one of them. Definitely uh, vicious mockery. You have learned to untangle and reshape the fabric of reality in harmony with your wishes and music. Your spells are part of the vast repertoire magic that you can tune to different situations. Mm-hmm. How many? Two. Two cantrips? Two cantrips. Does she get a normal spell? Yes. Cool. So let's stick with the two cantrips. One for sure, Vicious Mockery. There's Minor Illusion. There's Dancing Lights. Uh, there's true strike, but 
dancing lights and minor illusion kind of stick out to me almost. Dancing lights seems cool because I like to imagine scary looking lights. Like let's make sure there's nothing in here that can't see it is is almost creepy looking lights. It says you create up to four torch sized lights within range, making them appear as torches, lanterns, or glowing orbs that hover in the air for the duration. You can also combine the four lights into one glowing vaguely humanoid form, medium size, whichever you choose. Each light sheds dim light in a 10-foot radius as a bonus action on your turn. You can move the lights up to 60 feet to a new spot or range. Uh, a light must be within 20 feet of another light created by the spell, and the light winks out if it exceeds the spell's range. Because it's torch size, imagine you're walking through a swamp and you see a human-sized like red torch flame kind of motioning toward you. I like the four lights into one glowing, vaguely humanoid form. Yeah, that it sounds, sounds pretty cool. Sounds kind of creepy, though, if it was red. Mm-hmm. And because it can be torch colored, I think it can be red. So dancing lights and then obviously vicious mockery, which when she doesn't get her way, she gets fucking pissed. You know, like, you don't want to be my friend. <laughs> and she'll be like, <laughs> like, you're a. Uh, I don't know, but it says you unleash a string of insults laced with subtle enchantments at a creature you can see within range. If the target can hear you, though it need not understand you, so she can viciously insult like possums, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 1d4 psychic damage and have disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes at the end of its next turn. This spell's damage increases by 1d4 when you reach 5th level to 2d4 and... 3d4 then 4d4 at 17th level all righty that's pretty cool yeah i enjoy vicious mockery so i'd like to imagine she's in a swamp and she's just insulting swamp creatures all the time (laughs) (laughs) she's like getting her anger out that no one wants to be a friend even though they are her only friends yeah they actually are trying to befriend her but she keeps killing them with vicious (laughs) mockery um okay so those are our two and now we get Four first level spells. Wow, four first level spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, animal friendship? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cure wounds could be one that she uh, uh, she can cure herself. Feather falls a cool one. Uh, hideous laughter. That's got to be one. A creature of your choice that you can see within range perceives everything as a hilarious, funny. It's hilariously funny and falls into fits of laughter. This spell affects it. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or fall prone, becoming incapacitated and unable to stand up for the duration. Uh, Okay, so the way I see that is she could play her possum flute and it could be so insane to hear that people don't know how to understand it. And so that's how it takes the form of vicious mockery is they start to hideously laugh from how weird it is. That makes sense to you. It does. Do you like it? I do. Okay. You're not too stoked about it. I was also reading. Okay. Uh, there's. Okay. Unseen servant, thunder wave, speak with animals, sleep, silent image, long strider, illusory script, identify hideous laughter, heroism, uh, fairy fire. Each object in a 20-foot cube within range is outlined in blue, green, or violet light. Any creature in the area when the spell is cast is outlined in light. If it fails the dexterity saving throw for the duration, objects affected 
creatures shed dim light in a 10-foot radius. Any attack roll against a affected creature or object has advantage if the attacker can see it. I don't really like that one. What about you? Mm-mm. Bane? Who's that? Up to three creatures of your choice that you can see within range must take charisma saving throws. Whenever the target that fails the saving throw makes an attack roll or saving throw before the spell ends, the target must roll a d4 and subtract the number rolled from the attack roll or saving throw. Okay. That one's pretty good. See, we, she has to have nothing but like destructive. Terrifying Terrifying. Magic. Yeah, so she could be doing this uh, Bane spell and... So whenever a target that fails the saving throw makes an attack. Or, so it seems as if whenever she does Bane, she's playing her possum flute. And it's so absolutely insane to hear that it catches them off guard. And so they're like kind of, what the, f-? like they don't know how to, what to make of it. What exactly does it do? Does it just. It's the effect is it subtracts the number rolled from the attack roll or saving throw. So. Say she has some kind of trap in the woods. A tree's about to fall onto them that she set up. Well, if she can use Bane in the form of her flute, then she could subtract a D4 roll away from their saving throw roll. And so the way I imagine that is she's kind of hiding behind a, uh, a a stump or something like that. And as the tree starts to fall, she casts Bane. And the person here is just, and they're like, what the fuck is that? So it like makes them lose their cool or something? Yeah. You know, it's a spell. So how much logic can you put into a magical spell? Well, normally they're a lot more descriptive than this. It says like what it does, not it forces them into a saving throw. Yeah. Well, it makes them take a charisma saving throw. Yeah, so that would just tell me it makes them lose their mind a little bit. Yeah, it kind of drives them a little bit insane. Yeah. So kind of like she does one of those noises that you can't stand, like glassware on a plate. Like that... squeegeeing your feet on sand. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I hate that noise. But yeah, like that would drive me insane. Okay. Okay, so we have Bane and what was the other one again? The other one was Hideous Laughter. Oh, yeah. What is Dissonant Whispers? Uh, let me look it up. Featherfall looked kind of cool, too. I don't see Dissonant lis- Whispers on the bard sheet. It is on wiki.com. Maybe I just have the... Fine doesn't have Hideous Laughter on... Oh, there it is. Okay. So maybe I don't... Maybe I don't have... Maybe I just have the player's handbook spells. We need four total. We currently have two. Yeah, okay. I don't want to give her any healing spells. It seems too anti-good person unless they're healing spells for herself yeah but if you remember we're planning on making this person to where if she dies she just comes back Hmm. you can't really kill her unless you kill her in a specific way the disguised self is a fun one Ooh, let's read that you make yourself including your clothing armor weapons and other belongings on your person look different until the spell ends or until you use your action to dismiss it you can see Seem one foot shorter or taller and appear thin, fat, or in between. You can't change your body type, so you must adopt a form that has the same basic arrangement of limbs. Yeah, definitely this one. Mm-hmm. So what she would do with this is very ritualistically, she would change herself into a normal-looking person and go into town and see how people treat people that aren't her. 
and she gets pissed off because people treat her so badly if she ever went into town. She can disguise herself as like a, a human or something. Yeah, like a, a dwarf human that's super short because she can only make herself a foot taller. Alrighty, we need one more. Dissonant whispers as you whisper a discordant melody that only one creature of your choice within range can hear, racking it with terrible pain. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 3d6 psychic damage and must immediately use its reaction, if available, to move as far as its speed allows away from you. The creature does not move into obviously dangerous ground, such as a fire or a pit. On a success successful save, the target must take half as much damage and doesn't have to move away. A deafened creature automatically succeeds on the save. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a badass spell. Yeah, and it definitely fits with her possum flute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I'd rather have that than, like, a healing possum noise. Like, that doesn't translate to me. Instead, like, <laughs> like, that's like a, I need to get the fuck away from this noise right now. What next, my dearest Melina? Oh, you suck my cock. Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. So that's it for spells. Yeah. Sweet. So the next thing is background then. So we've been heading toward noble already, uh, but maybe there's a better one like exiled noble or something. Let's Google it real quick. That would be quite nifty. So backgrounds we have uh, such a fuck ton. Um, a carpenter, exiled ruler. Maybe we can do some kind of exiled ruler uh homebrew for exiled rumor it says used to rule the world seas would rise when you gave the word <laughs> viva la vida by coldplay used to rule the world. Uh, you at least were in a prominent position in a royal family or a government when it flipped over on you whatever happened on that fateful day it's one you'll not forget who was it that dethroned you was it popular vote a revolution of all the subjects because of your insufficient rule or did one of your enemies crush you into a fell sweep did a family member mean to have you assassinated to take the throne themselves were you deemed unfit to rule by hearsay or blasphemy anyway it happened you were betrayed and exiled but you had to grow accustomed to living as a sort of an outlaw perhaps with a small group of followers where you have fled to specifically maybe a monastery of loyal monks a forest where you hide out a cave in the mountains amongst the commoners, or even the castle of another ruler. That one seems almost exactly what we're going for. I enjoy this. Um, so, a different perspective now. Uh, what if exiled ruler, she was the princess, and her family was dethroned? So what if she had a horribly cruel family, like King Joffrey was her father, and her mom was the ancestral Lannister and they were overthrown by the current king and so that's why everything's in harmony now so she was overthrown by a king it created peace about all the kingdom because the shitty rulers were gone she had to run to the swamp and her parents were killed and now that's another reason why she hates this town and that hate's going to manifest itself to the world very cool right yeah, it would make sense as to why she hates uh, peace so much. Yes. Yeah, and she, her life is now going to be dedicated toward chaos and evil. Mm -hmm. And she has just a resentment toward everything good and nice. Alrighty. Um, skill proficiencies, persuasion, perception, and or survival. Persuasion, perception, 
or survival. We already have performance, stealth, and survival. So she has to pick persuasion and perception? Yes. Okay. I can't see her being good at persuasion, though. I could. She has the body of a goddess. Oh, that's true. She's hot. Yeah. So it persuasion in reference to when she's being seductive. Sexually persuasive. Yes, yeah, sexually persuasive. She shows a little bit of areola, and the guys go crazy. Gross. Tool proficiencies. Any one type of gain, gaming set or instrument. Shuri has a bunch of instruments. So maybe do we want to give her a game set? Or do it, we want to give her another instrument and give her four? Hmm. Let's think about this one, because we could put in a good plot here. If her parents were... Uh, what if she had some kind of really obscure gaming set? Like, there's some kind of game her and her parents made where they torture people. And so she's good. Like, you know that game where you throw the ring and it lands on the, the little hook? Mm. We we live in Florida and that thing's fucking everywhere at every bar. But what if we did some kind of setup where she's really good at that game and it's in the form of, like, throwing a knife on a rope? Hear me out darts hmm that could be a gaming set and also a reason as to why she uses her dagger as a throne weapon Ooh, okay i like that so she'd play darts in the kingdom but the dark secret is they'd use it on like prisoners mm -hmm. so she's how about she's not good at hitting a dartboard but she's incredibly good at hitting like animals with it <laughs> but not in a hunting way only when it's in game mode that way we don't overplay the ability. she gets uh, an advantage if the creature is uh in fear or crying yes 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 but she doesn't get advantage on a normal dartboard <laughs> so we'll give her a little bit of a a nerf on that one because i want it to be so overpowered when it comes to a horrible like crying creature Languages. Mm. What does she get for languages? Normally, um, obviously common. Common, yep. The shaman. I'm assuming she gets another one. Halfling. Oh, yeah. She has to that might come with her race, though. It does. Okay. And she gets any one of your choice. So she already has to have common and halfling. Mm -hmm. So now she gets one more. Uh, what if she got like demonic because she's so evil maybe her parents were you know focusing on reaching the dark arts or something like that i don't even know if demonic is a language i don't either let's um, let's look up languages maybe we could figure out a fun one to give her <laughs> she can speak lizard folk <laughs> Okay, there's standard languages are Dwarvish, Elvish, Gnomes, Orc, Goblin, Exotic Languages, Abysmal, Demons. Oh, Abysmal is the typical speaker is Demons. Uh, celestial, Draconic, Deep Speech, Infernal, that's spoken by the Devils, Primordial, Sylvan, Undercommon. Uh, okay, well, mine says straight up she knows Infernal. That's speaking by the devils, and the script is called Infernal. Why would she know that? Because mm, her parents were also evil and trying to burn the world down. Maybe they had some kind of demonic uh, pathway, and they were going to bring her along with it. But 
because the kingdom was overthrown that whole thing got destroyed like so maybe there was maybe there was some kind of hero that killed the king and queen and stopped them from accomplishing this giant demonic goal of releasing a demon onto the world that would have caused chaos and killed the world but the hero killed the king and queen and now she's left with like a oh fuck where's my future now and so she knows all this demonic but has no idea how to raise the demon again okay that would that would be pretty cool infernal yeah yeah cool i mean i don't see anywhere going with it like i don't necessarily want her to um be trying to raise a demon like her parents i don't want her to follow in her parents footsteps necessarily but it would be it's just cool that she has this weird path with a stop end to it that created her to be able to know this language Mm -hmm. like you know it doesn't need to have a reason no but she might be able to encounter um the occasional demon here or there yeah and she can talk to it and it'll be like you know why do you speak to me like this joshua (laughs) is that it for background Oh, no, she gets gold coins, does she not? Oh, yeah, she does. Like 15 gold pieces? I don't know. That's on your sheet. Okay. 10 gold pieces. Okay, 10 gold pieces she gets. Stay there. Ooh, equipment. She gets a book of philosophy, a royal signet ring, now most likely outlawed, a trinket you took when you fled, and a set of traveler's clothes and a purse containing 10 gold pieces. I would like her ring to have a uh, pentagram on it. Signet ring? Mm-hmm. With a pentagram on pentagram. it. Pentagram. Book of philosophy. Should we do a book of philosophy or maybe a book of uh, like dark rituals then? Hmm. Well, it could be a dark philosophy. You know, it, like not dark rituals, but what if it's some kind of a philosophical way of saying don't love peace, hate peace, hate good, hate... You know, philosophy is just a way of thinking about the world and how your mindset is. So it's just a, what if it's just a dark philosophy of, like, she reads this book like the Bible and that this book has convinced her even more so to hate people altogether. Book of hate? Yeah, a book of philosophical hate. And the trinket that she grabbed when she fled. Mm, That's a tough one. Something that she'd be extremely upset if she lost it when someone raided her home but maybe something that's also meaningless to the average person uh we could do some kind of like pet oh no 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 no! i know what it is uh her brother's skull (laughs) she took like a dead family member's skull or something like that or like something really weird and she talks to it her mother's skull yeah so maybe she watched her mother get decapitated and she ran back and grabbed her skull and took it with her or she grabbed her head and now it just rotted and she just won't leave it hot (laughs) hot hot (laughs) all righty so she has the skull of her mother yes halfling skull a halfling skull. With a broken spine leading from the bottom of it. Just a dangling like a little tail? Yeah, like a brainstem. And that's how she holds on to it. She tied the brainstem to her uh, her belt. 
All right, that's canon. Mother skull and brainstem. <laughs> so when someone talks to her, they're like, oh, this girl's really pretty. And they're like, and captivated by her until they start to look at her. And they're like, wait, why is there a skull hanging on her? <laughs> and why does she have a possum flute? Uh, why not? Okay, so up next then, we just got background done. We are punching through this character. She's level one. She's chaotic evil. Three traits to give her. All right, three personality traits. We need... We need aspects of a person's personality that helps sum up the character as a whole. Example, honest, deceitful, compassionate, a leader personality, loyal, selfish, gullible, comical, goofy, strict, happy-go-lucky, unfaithful. This girl. I think a good one to call would be loner. Mm, It seems like she wants human compassion, but she's refused to accept it in any way even if it punched her in the face Mm. so uh, irrational would be one good one insecure Mm, yeah insecure insecure definitely number one but irrational is another one Mm -hmm. so irrational and insecure we'll need one more let's not make it horrible let's make one that so those are two personality traits that make her truly evil now we need one that can kind of get her along with society a little bit like she's um smart or i'm thinking of like the personality trait cute comes to mind i know that's not really a personality trait but what i'm getting at is she's insecure and irrational and that can really fuck with the fuck with her when people get to know her but based on outward appearance, if they don't notice the skull hanging from her belt, I want her to be uh, somewhat acceptable. Does that make sense? So so until people recognize her, I want her to be able to walk in the streets and people would be like, oh, who, who is that? And not like, uh, oh, God, get me the fuck away from her. So how would that factor into a personality trait? I don't know. What would make someone be acceptable? I would think they'd be charismatic or... Like friendly looking, you know? Something that like on outward appearance you would look at them and be like, oh, that's nice. It's not really a personality trait. I know. I'm just trying to build off of it. Maybe she's not unsettling, but whatever, like settling. You know, she's reassuring. Yeah. Okay. So how do you say reassuring though? What's a, a synonym for reassuring that really drives that home? I guess reassuring is a pretty good one. So she herself is insecure, irrational, and reassuring. So that means that when her persuasion comes into skill, that when someone asks her, hey, what's with the skull hanging from your your belt? Then she could be like, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. That's uh, I have to take it along. It's part of a curse that a wizard put on me. It's I hate it. It's really, you know, yeah, that... I think that works out really well. Cool. We're going to make a gnarly character here. I'm stoked about unnamed girl that I want to call Llama. (laughs) Ideals. Beliefs that drive a character. Example, if I dishonor myself, I dishonor my clan. Uh, I will do whatever it takes to be wealthy. So ideals that drives the character. Uh, I don't... I, I want her to... Like her personality has been based off of not being accepted and wanting to have friends, but that eventually drove her into a insanity that destroyed her real goal for friends. 
So what's an ideal that can be placed along with that? Like I vow to destroy all that is good because I wasn't accepted as a friend. She is an evil horror movie character. Yes. We can't forget that. But evil horror character characters are usually like at their foundation. They have reasonable reasons to be bad. Uh, That's what I, makes them a good character. So how about I was abandoned from society. So I will torture society. Is that a bond though? Mm. Uh, a bond is things people or place of character cares deeply about and would fight to protect. So her bond would be to protect like her skin, her, her possum flute or her shack or her reputation. An ideal again is a belief that drives a character. So her belief is that she believes that society has uh, wronged her. And so now she must wrong society. Okay. A bond. A bond is things, people, or places a character cares deeply about and would fight to protect. This character doesn't seem like she has too much of a bond. Um, it could be to her mother's head. Yeah, she could care deeply about her mother's head. Oh, well, I mean, her royal family that was slaughtered. She could fight to um, reestablish their reign or fight to. Mm. Okay, so things, people, or places a character cares deeply about. That doesn't mean she cares goodly for. So maybe she has a extreme bond toward killing the current king. Like she doesn't want, she doesn't, I don't think this character would care about reestablishing dominance over the kingdom she just wants revenge yeah. upon the people who killed her family yep i think revenge on the king that killed her family would probably be a really good one that would drive a character plot to play this character through king joffrey is mm. the bad guy what's another funny uh the ice king oh no i like the ice king yep yep but the the but the but the funny part is the king that she wants to kill is actually the good guy. Make no mistake, the king that she wants to kill is a phenomenal king. So what's a really good king that we know of? Revenge on the hero who killed her family. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. A really good king? Yeah, who's a really good king? Like Arthur. King Arthur. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so King Arthur. King. King Moray Eel Arthur. King Arthur. 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 <laughs> oh, uh king arthur but arthur from that stupid cartoon arthur he looks like a little with dw uh, yeah and his but but his uh his sister isn't dw his wife is dw (laughs) they're secretly incest but they're such good king and queen that the the whole community doesn't give a fuck they're just accepting they're like yeah let this guy fuck his sister (laughs) i mean (laughs) traditionally nobles would be inbred so yeah. hey. there you go that and, works. and uh uh llama hates it because she's like god damn it i wanted to fuck my brother no i'm just kidding <laughs> no she's evil but she's not that evil okay flaws the weaker aspect of your character examples i'm so overly horny when i see cheese i can't be controlled like a, i can be controlled like a puppet uh, my father hit me as a child so now i flinch every time someone comes near me 
Uh, I'm a sucker for a pretty face. What what flaw really gets this character? How about? Sorry, I keep going. Do you have anything? I have one, but okay. What about anytime someone's friendly toward her, she falls for it. But it's only mm. a matter of time until her irrationality destroys it. That's that's a good one. Yeah. So maybe naive and gullible to friendliness. Yeah. So if she goes up to the king, let's say she gets near the king and she's trying to murder him. And one of the king's guard comes up and he says, uh, and he, he knows who she is. And he'd be saying, hey, llama, you know, kill the king, don't kill the king. You're a pretty good person. Um, do you think maybe sometime we can just hang out together and... And she'd be like, yeah, that, that sounds good. I, I, you know, mama, what do you think about that? <laughs> mama likes. <laughs> okay. I like that. Cool. So. I like that. Um, are we legitimately going for the name Llama? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> using it as a stand in. Because right. now we are at the naming process of this. Yes. Uh, if we want to, we can make. Okay. I have a list of name inspired so we have a few different names. So we have a name with no contextual representation, like uh, off of Big Mouth. They named their dog featuring Ludacris. <laughs> so we could name our character 555 Bayview Drive <laughs> or like uh, Turn Right. <laughs> we could name our kids stupid famous people names like Kool-Aid Man, Ice Cube, Pickle Rick, or Crimson Chin. <laughs> Names of real people like Bernie Sanders, Adolf Hitler, Matthew Mercer, or Dwight Schrute. Names of locations. Grand Canyon, Mount Everest, Fort Myers, White House, Lake Okeechobee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the name Lake Okeechobee would be kind of funny. Yeah, it would be funny. Uh, we can name uh, after a vehicle. So her name could be Dodge Ram. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dodge Ram. And she'd be like, Mama. <laughs> Dodge, Dodge Ram. Names of companies. We can name her Amazon Prime. <laughs> okay, honestly, that sounds sounds kind of like a cool name. Uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, her name is yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah, that is a cool name. Okay, so far I'm kind of hanging on Amazon Yeah, Prime. I, I actually do like Amazon Prime. That's a weird. Yeah, Amazon's a cool name. And then Prime is a cool last name. Yeah. Okay, so far that's it. But let me keep going through. Alrighty. We can name her after random items. So her name could be dish towel, cum rag, water bottle. Her name could be curry seasoning. <laughs> I know. Uh, cliche cringe names. Her name could be Viper, Cherry, Dixie, <laughs> Seymour Butts. Uh-huh. Extremely dirty names. Her name could be Evil Cunt Crusher, Anal Prolapse, Vaginal <laughs> Discharge. Oh, and then my last list of names to give her is sexual names. Her name could be off of uh, Austin Powers, Ivana Humpalot, uh, Penetrate Deeply, Facial In Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but so far, I think Amazon Prime is definitely the winner here. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards Amazon Prime. <laughs> Her it's almost is. like optimus prime but it's <laughs> when we do the over character overlap it's gonna be like this summer <laughs> watch out there's an evil villain on your block by the name of amazon prime <laughs> <laughs> will she come knocking at your door <laughs> oh my God. all right well it's oh um we need her overall plot before we roll ca- oh no 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 we can do character stats right now and then we make a plot a villain and then the overview. So 
it's come to the time where we roll for her stats now. Something that I forgot to mention with a halfling is that they have sub-races within them. Mm. You could be a lightfoot halfling or a stout halfling. A lightfoot is a, a lightfoot. You can easily hide from notice, using other people as cover. You're inclined to be affable and get along well with others. That doesn't sound like her. They are more prone to wanderlust than other halflings and often dwell alongside other races or take up a nomadic life. Mm, that sounds like her. Um, your charisma score increases by one and they are naturally stealthy. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, at Whereas a stout halfling, you are hardier than the average and have some resistance to poison. Mm. Some say that stouts have dwarven blood. Your constitution score increases by one. You have advantage on saving throws against poison and have resistance to poison damage. That one seems very beneficial for swamp life. But she didn't come from swamp life. She came from noble life. So I'd say Lightfoot. And now she's just, you know, she she, she was born into a nurturing, horrible family. But now she's really taking it farther with being exiled so any chance that a normal half lightfoot halfling life was like demolished right from the beginning i think that sounds great so she gets a plus one for charisma yes Fuck and yeah is naturally stealthy oh my god this is gonna be awesome i love making characters okay i'm a, now <clears throat> we are officially rolling for stats everybody the most exciting part of the time so if you don't know exactly how D&D stat rolling works, we're rolling four D6s, and we pick the top three numbers. And that adds up to some kind of ability score modifier designated by D&D 5e, uh, inspired. So with that, I'm going to roll for strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. I do have. Melinda does have. Here we fucking go. Six, three, and a three. And one. So the one gets cut out and we get 12. Two threes mm -hmm. and a six. Ooh, five, six, and a four. So 16. Five, six, and a four. 15. 15. Okay. Not bad so far. Mm -mm. Four, two, and a three. That one's pretty bad. Nine. Okay, now you do the other three. So far we have a ability score modifier of plus one, plus two, and a negative one. Ooh. 11. She got a six, a four, and two ones. That's not very good. It's not horrible, though. It's a zero. At least it's not a negative modifier. Ooh. 11, 12. Another 12. That's not, again, not horrible. She got a five, six, and two ones, so she cuts out one. Okay, next one. Last roll. Oh, a five, three, a two, and a one. So she cuts out the one and adds a five, three, and a two. So another 10. So the total modifiers are plus one plus two negative one zero plus one zero wow she rolled pretty bad honestly that's pretty average okay so now we divvy up these scores to her so do you know you know which ability modifier she has given her race and class so what's her uh the two highest are dexterity with a plus two and charisma with a plus one. Dexterity with a plus two and a charisma with a plus one. Okay, so we might want to give her charisma 
the high, I don't know. She, what is? She's not really a charismatic person, but she is. What does a bard work off of? Charisma. Yeah, it's pure charisma. But, but she's the kind of bard that isn't really a charismatic bard. Like her charisma is supposed to integrate into her magic. But when you think of a bard being charismatic, you think of uh, a person standing at a bar seducing the crowd. This isn't her. But it could be. She is a hot bod. That's true. She could be entrancing, I guess. And so she got on a bar and she was playing her possum flute and she looked really sexy. Then everybody would just be like, whoa, like, what are we watching right now? Mm-hmm. So, so it's a different kind of encaptivating, encaptivating, you know, it's not the kind of entertaining presence that you get. It's more of a intriguing presence that she gives. A seduction charisma. Yeah. Okay. So she's seductively. Okay. So then plus three toward charisma. We'll add the plus two and she'll get a plus one to it. Alrighty. Plus three on charisma. So plus three on charisma. And then her dexterity should be number two. So she, uh, she currently has a plus two on dexterity. So maybe give her the negative one. So she has an all out equal score. She has a negative one score. Yeah, so then she'd have a one. Do we want to do that? Let's think about who this character would actually be. You know, how would she uh, actually be fighting? She's in a swamp, Mm -hmm. so she has to be quick and agile. But being in a swamp, she could also need to be wise. Yeah. So she could, like, I don't see this person. She seems like the kind of, like, almost a... um, What's a snake kind of predator? Like an ambush predator. She seems more of an ambush predator. She's not much of the person that jumps out of the woods. She's more the one that waits in a bush for you to walk in front of her. So okay. so it tells me maybe she should have better wisdom because uh, with perception, she'd be looking out to have the right person step in front of her. You know, um, Charisma is just her modifier, so that one needed to be good, I think. But... The rest of them, let's say strength and athletics. She doesn't come off as an athletic person to me. Um, no, I would agree with maybe strength being the a negative one or a zero. Mm-hmm. But then dexterity, she does have stealth. And yeah. she does seem stealthy. And dexterity goes straight with stealth. So maybe she does get good stealth. So I'd say the next two ones that need to be good is dexterity and wisdom. Well, we have two plus twos to go around, so... Oh, cool. So why don't we give... Or two plus ones. Did I say plus twos? Yeah. So so we give a plus one toward dexterity and a plus one toward wisdom. Okay. So her dexterity is a plus four. Ooh. Then we have two zeros and a negative one, which is unfortunate with a zero on constitution. Yeah. So maybe... Yeah, that's okay. A zero on constitution seems right, and a negative one on strength. That means her armor class is 11. Yeah, that is what it is. She's going to have to keep dying. Yeah, uh, that's actually true. She's a horror movie character. The horror movie character always dies, but comes back. Okay, then we have a negative one for strength. Mm -hmm. Plus three in dexterity. Zero in constitution. Zero in intelligence. Plus one in wisdom and plus three in charisma. <laughs> I like it. Pretty good. Yeah. Evenly dispersed. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
there goes rolling for stats, guys. <laughs> That's the exciting stuff. You don't always get plus fours on everything. Never. <laughs> yeah, never. Uh, so now we give her a character plot, which we kind of already went over that. Her character plot is to kill the king that took her, her castle. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have that one made up already. Her villain is going to be the hero who helped kill people and put her into place. So, but her villain is also society. She kind of just hates everybody, but her specific villain is definitely going to be, um, do we want it to be the king or maybe the king's knight who really killed the family for the king and queen to come in? Oh, I mean, it could be either. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe she wants to kill all of the king's family Yeah. It for like retribution. So for the villain category that we put down here, do we want to add King's family and just give a brief overview on the King's family and not a specific character? Well, we could do the King's family, and but mainly the one who specifically killed her father or something, you know, her mother. Mm-hmm. Okay, so King's family and the family member that specifically killed her father and mother. So King Arthur killed the dad and queen dw killed the mom <laughs> so king arthur and dw is her villains yeah arthur and dw so let's not make a quick uh a full character sheet for them but let's make a class so their class arthur and dw let's just make them the same for stuff do we want to make them uh, fighters, They're, they could be like noble fighters or, uh, you know, something. We'll just run through this one. Okay. So let's say they're fighters. They were raised learning all the skills. Their race, I think they are probably humans. Humans are dirty rascals. Rats. Background, nobles. Uh, how about background politicians? Yeah, definitely. Because sometimes the pen... Is power more powerful than the paper? Alignment. The pen is mightier than the sword. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> How about alignment will be lawful good? Yes. Traits. <laughs> um. Honest. Kind. Honest. Kind. And friendly. <laughs> Ideals. Help the poor. <laughs> um diverse the wealth at all costs yeah like What's, peace or like prosperity in the poor is prosperity in the rich what if we did uh bernie sanders like political campaign slogan like uh i don't know what it is but i don't know what it is either it's probably something like you know bring power back to the people or something like that um okay the one of them mm-hmm our democracy cannot be truly representative unless elected officials hear from all of their constituents, not just the wealthy and the powerful. Okay, that's too long. But yep. how about uh, ideals will be make the rich pay their fair share <laughs> and they're the rich. Distribute the wealth. Yeah. Okay, distribute. <clears throat> so their ideals is distribute the wealth to those in need. <laughs> like such a, a noble cause. A bond, something that they're attached to. Um, the the city, the city in general, Bridgelum. You know, yeah. they, they love the city. 
they love their they're probably born here they're politicians that probably took over like willing to risk my life for their bond is they will risk their lives for their kingdom flaws uh overly caring (laughs) to where like if uh amazon prime came to their door knocking that if they knew amazon prime was evil they would say we want to give you a chance and they would give her too many chances so maybe a um believes there is goodness in all yes name arthur and dw arthur and dw okay and then we don't really need to roll for stats they're pretty much just a an overview character okay so the general overview now is we have the world of rune fey <laughs> in the city of bridgelum we have a character by the name of amazon prime who is an evil uh bard mm-hmm. who was casted out of her village when polit- uh, good politicians uprised plot is she wants to murder the king and get back so i think we're at the point where now we do the cinematic overview for who our character is and start to cut this podcast out (laughs) so i'm excited for this one this one's gonna be fun yeah this one should be fun okay guys stay tuned because something epic is about to come (laughs) bum 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 we have to chip in here one more time i don't know if we're gonna be able to put it into a random spot regardless we need to talk about one more thing the most important thing about Amazon Prime. Because we've created an evil character by the name of Amazon Prime, a horror movie character, we need to set up a way that she can die without uh, coming back. Because every time she dies right now, we have a mechanic set up to where she will be able to come back and live again. So if someone kills her in not this specific way, then she's going to be reborn in her swamp somewhere, crawling out of the muck like a zombie. So we need to create some kind of odd way that she can die and not come back. So a wooden stake to the heart being devoured by a creature. Um, It seems as if the friendliness has to be uh, the best way to kill her. So maybe she has to die by someone who truly loves her. Exactly. By her one true friend. Yeah, so the only person that can kill her is someone who actually cares deeply about her, regardless of her evil position. Someone with ultimate loyalty. Ultimate loyalty. So the exact person who probably won't kill her. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. That was quick. Like her possum. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a possum. It's turned into a flute. That's true. Hmm, okay, well. Yeah, I like that. I, that was pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Okay, now <laughs> we will have the cinematic outro that will give a brief overview on the one and only evil villain, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> okay, we're not done just yet. <laughs> we forgot one more thing on the mechanic of this character. So why is she not able to die? So she needs to be killed by a truly loyal person, but... Why did she get this weird power to where she has to be killed by a royal person and a loyal person? And I think the only logical reason that I can think of currently is that when her parents were killed, they were only mere moments away from raising the demon that they have that they were trying to destroy the world with. And so as the demon was furling up into the sky, 
the king and queen, Arthur and DW, beheaded the mother and father. And in the process, stopped the ritual of the demon, bringing it back to the underworld. But something was still left in the world. And maybe the parents of uh, Amazon Prime had some kind of deal with the devil. That when it, if it wasn't completed, they had to give a piece of their soul. But because they were killed, that soul then turned into Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And so now Amazon Prime has a curse that she can't be killed unless yeah. it's by, like, the one she loves. Yeah, like maybe um, um, anyone of their bloodline. So it has something to do with their blood. Maybe their mm-hmm. blood was spilt and that sealed the demon away. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, but regardless of demon lore that goes with this, because that's a whole other thing we'd have to do, <laughs> uh, we'd, we'd just make it as uh, cut and dry as, as the demon was killed and the ritual was stopped leftover magic based on a blood track contract they had with the parents was then established to amazon when the parents died and now she has a curse that won't let her die all right pretty cut okay. dry. yeah why would that be a curse like why would the demon give her that curse uh well since she's evil maybe it's not a curse then maybe it's yeah. a gift maybe the as the demon was coming up this was one of the demons because Every time you imagine a demon coming up from the ground or something like that, you imagine the demon's going to betray whoever's bringing it up. That's why I say curse. But if these are truly evil people, then who's to say the demon wasn't happy and pleased with what they were doing for once? Mm -hmm. And so because the demon had a good relationship and repertoire with uh, Amazon's parents, that the demon said, you know what? If I'm going to die, I'm going to give you guys one more gift as I pass away here. And your daughter's going to be able to live forever until someone... You know, mm-hmm. a hard way to kill her, too. Yeah, with the bountiful sacrifice of the parents. Yeah, which it also kind of, maybe that's what fucked with her brain as well. And why she craves someone to befriend, but yet she doesn't because she her irrationality kicks in of, like, her parents. So she's just twisted in her head. Okay. Yeah. Okay, pretty good character, I think. Yeah, that sounds well-rounded. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now... <laughs> Without further ado, I present to you the cinematic intro for the beloved evil villain, Amazon Prime. Bum, bum, bum. Yay! In the world of Runefay, a fantasy world of beasts and wonder, lies the town of Bridgelum, a small kingdom once ruled by an evil halfling king and queen, a pair who had plans of raising an ancient demon to destroy the world. That is, until the political heroes King Arthur and Queen DW rose to power. They overthrew the evil king and queen by beheading them both, but what the heroes of this story didn't know is that these demon worshippers had a daughter by the name of Amazon Prime, a halfling girl who ran from her fallen kingdom with her beloved mom's skull and has been surviving in the swamps of Bridgelum ever since. Learning the ways of her bardic powers and feeling her irrationality and insecurity deeper each day, thus fueling a hatred for the world in both her mind and body, her plans are to extract revenge on every living being for the torture she has suffered. What this evil villain Amazon Prime does not know is that her parents died mid-ritual of raising a mysterious demon. Upon retreating into the underworld, the creature gifted Amazon with the gift of resurrection. Meaning? Every time Amazon Prime dies, she's able to be reborn. The only true way to kill her is if it's done by a loyal friend of hers, someone who would do anything for her at all costs and would risk their life for her. Will Amazon ever die? Will she kill countless children in order to fuel her rage? The only way to find out is to play Dungeons and Dragons. Alright guys, that's going to be the end of this episode. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and rate it. It helps with the algorithm to get us up top. And if you want free dice, check out our Instagram channel at a D&D channel. If you want to hear us play campaigns of live play D&D, check out a D&D channel on anywhere there's podcast. If you really enjoyed our story about Amazon Prime and uh, liked our creative process, then continue listening with us on God Mode. Yep. We appreciate all the views and we hope you guys come back. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our damn sense of fun from even dumber humanoids. We hope you had fun and that the show went by fast. And tell all your friends about this nerdy podcast. A D&D channel. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> That's funny.